When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, welcome to the Five Yard IDP Pods with me, Nate Davis. Today I'm joined by not just one of the Five Yard family, but two. But before I introduce our second guest, I am going to flick it over to my wingman, Mr. Brendan Veal. What's been going on, Bren? You had a good week? Yeah, yeah. How's it going, mate? Um, yeah, been busy. Um, lots of work going on around the house. Um, bit of football last week. Scored my first goal for the um, the new seven-a-side team I'm playing for. So um, bloody yeah, hell, it's been, a uh, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't, don't be like that. Honestly, I thought was... you were. I thought you were a right back. No, a seven-a-side, mate. It's all over the shop. So it's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, one goal, one assist, hit the post, and we lost six-three. So um, yeah. <laughs> Um, not gonna work. <laughs> no one cares about that. Um, no, what we do care about is, um, yeah, the season's uh, rapidly approaching. Uh, teams are turning up for training camps. Uh, they're all starting to report in. Mm-hmm. Um, even the elusive, you. yeah, even the elusive Xavier Howard decided to grace Miami with his presence this morning. I wasn't sure that was going to happen, but I saw the video feed. It was live. There he was strolling into camp, mm-hmm. looking like someone had crapped in his cornflakes. So, um, yeah, so I'm not, no, honestly, I'm not going to spend the next five or six weeks bitching and moaning about the Xavier Howard pantomime. So, uh, and if I do, I think what we should do is have like a swear jar or something, you know, like yeah. a like an Xbox and 
you know, every time I'd start banging on about him, we'll just we'll we'll pick a charity and start donating some money to it. So um, yeah, I think so, the, yeah, I think the Dynasty Pod have got one of those for Rich when he keeps talking about Aaron Rodgers. But now, now that looks <laughs> like that that might be all uh, nipped in the bud, so we can we yeah. can move on from that. Yeah, and then we got uh, yeah we got old Deshaun and uh, the Texans thinking that uh, they can still start asking for what was it three first round picks? They reckon he's still worth. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, not sure Murph. he's going to be mad enough to fall for that one. I think Murph still thinks he's going to um, the Eagles. Well, it's um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those, and it's um, I'd, I'd leave one enough alone. <laughs> but yeah, there's still plenty of people on the Miami forum. You know, I've been off to uh, go and get Watson. Oh, that's great. So we get rid of two and our quarterback's in prison for the first season. And yeah, <laughs> what a fantastic call that's going to be. What sort of front office is going to sign up to that? <laughs> yeah, all right, maybe the Eagles, but, you know, outside of that. Ah, so uh, anyway, that's uh, that's enough of that. So we've got a lot to get on with. So um, I'll uh, I'll turn it back to you. Do you want to do you want to introduce our special guest for this week? Yeah, well, we're absolutely delighted to have him on. Uh, we've got a member... Of- of the Five Yard family, one of my close mates, Mason Riney, is with us. Mace, how's it going, mate? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. So, tell us a bit. Tell us a bit about about you and in 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 your journey into IDP and well, fantasy football as a whole. Well, um, I started fantasy football just doing like home weeks. I've probably done them for about five or six years, but it really wasn't. I hadn't really started my definitive fantasy football writing or even like my career until I actually came on to five yard. I was spotted through the British fantasy football league, saw an ad and Murph just kind of was like, write about something you have no idea what you're doing with. And I was like, IDP it is man. So um, if the whole idea of the streamers came along, I was really self-conscious at first about getting guys right or wrong because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I just picked streamers because I knew that maybe no one really needed them, but the more that I wrote about them, the funner it got. And the more I realized that people were actually looking for these guys, because you go into the first round of IDP draft and after one, two or three, like we had talked the first three rounds, it's all a wasteland. You're kind of just picking and pulling from whatever you think. And if you have no knowledge and you don't know. So, um, I kind of like the opportunity of that. So absolutely mate. So, so you were, you're, you're well I know I don't need I don't need to ask a question you're you're busy you're busy drafting at this moment in time I know we're uh we're we're deep well we're not that my league is not that deep into the warrior bowl it should be a lot deeper than it is but I think we're probably around 12 or something like that I, how are you guys doing uh, we're actually the second division to finish I'm in the he-man division yeah we went super <laughs> fast like we were I mean we just kept the chats active and we kept everyone going and we had a twitter group um, I think some guys were on Discord talking to each other too, and then we also had the sleeper. So, kind of hit it from all angles and just got on with it, man. It was super fast. Yeah. Unlike unlike most of my other ones this offseason, to be honest with you, most of them are super super grueling and slow. But it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. Absolutely, and and obviously FFCC is all kicked off um, again. I'm in another. I know I'm in another slow draft on on, on with mine as well. I've got. Um, uh, a great chap. Can't remember. Can't remember what team he, he looks after at the moment. Um, but he, we, we were pushing him 
and saying to him, you know, oh, you're on the clock, you're on the clock, you're on the clock. And uh, he, he eventually dropped the bomb that he, he was working for NBC and he's out filming the Olympics. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we were like, we were like, okay, fair enough. And then, <laughs> you know, we're like, fair enough, mate. Okay, that's a good excuse. Yeah, you um, win, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry for bugging, my yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My reasons are not going to be as good as that. Not yeah. Certainly not as interesting. <laughs> So. No, that's crazy though. Isn't that amazing though? How this charity league, I mean, the FFCC, Scotty Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl, sorry. And everything, I know I'm doing a bunch of them this year. They've really just opened my eyes to a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different people, different backgrounds, different countries. I mean, it's, it's insane just to see the influx of community that you have, but essentially it's such a small part of the Twitter community. You know what I mean? So crazy. Yeah. Insane. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And the people, the difference, in, I mean, it's, it's so funny. It's like, like today I was, you know, I was flipping between one thing, then another, and then I was writing some notes for this and doing that. And then I looked up and I was like, oh, wonder who Justin Boone's going to pick next. You go, you know, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, you know, this is right? great. Who gets great. to say that? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so great that these kind of charity leagues are, are bringing, bringing people together and people, you know, from all different backgrounds, all different places around the world. And you think, wow, it's, it's, it's so cool what we're doing. Yep. Football and donations helping the cause, man. It's Absolutely. All it's all good stuff. So right, so we better we better we better do something. This this chat's all all, all, all lovely, but let's let's show me. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. I'm enjoying this. Do we have to, do we have to actually do some work now? Yeah, Brent. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Brent. And I think you're you're up first as well with because uh, oh. we are <clears throat> viewing the NFC West. We are, uh, and um, Brendan is going to be up first, and he's going to be doing the LA Rams. Okay, so um, summarise last season. Uh, well, simply put, you know, depending on who you talk to, but you know they're they're up there, one of the best defenses, certainly in the regular season last year. A uh, lot of credit going to Brandon Staley, who's brought some real innovation, fluidity to the Rams' defense, um, which, let's be honest, isn't bad for a thirty-eight-year-old who only joined them last January. Um, so I said, let's uh, let's kick off like we normally like to do, or I normally like to do. Uh, I'm going to work front to back, and we're going to start with the D line. Aaron Donald, right? That's the D line done. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh, covers it, doesn't it? We'll move on. No, uh, all right, Aaron Donald. Um, yeah, so thirty tackles, two hundred and twenty-two fantasy points, averaging fourteen a game, thirty and a half sacks. He's you know he's PFF's man of the year at the moment isn't he so um nailed on hall of famer donald's a gimme so you know he's going to be off the board early yeah i think it's just a question of how big anyone looking to pick him up wants to go outside of donald uh, yeah morgan fox michael brockers you know defensive end tackles nothing much they're both solid players but the trouble is i think they both suffer from a D-line that is essentially built around the talents of Donald. Um, that's, I think that's what it, it all boils down to. But there is some value outside of Donald in the shape of um, Leonard Floyd. Uh, 28-year-olds, you know, again, on the edge, had a good fantasy season, 182 points. He's averaging, you know, over 11 points, 55 total tackles, 10 and a half sacks. My only slight concern is with Floyd, you know, the projections do show a bit of a drop-off. 
Um, nothing major. We're still expecting to be around sort of the 150 point mark. I just wonder whether, you know, that slight drop off ties in with something Nathan and I touched on the other week, which is, you know, the contract argument. Now, Floyd's recently signed a new four year deal worth 64 million. The only thing I would ask is, is it a case of last season being him, you know, really pushing to impress the, the Rams front office? Yeah, will he get to the, the QB as often with all those dollar bills weighing him down? I don't know. You know, it's I, I still think he's yeah you know, he's he's a solid pick, but you know he's 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 a pick you know behind Donald. Just very quickly on the D line again before I move on to linebackers, a little bit out of left field. I quite like the rookie Bobby Brown, interior defensive lineman out of Texas, who you know looks like he's been brought in initially to play alongside Donald. Okay, it was a fourth round pick, but, you know, there's some positive noise around this guy. And with Donald sort of in his, you know, he's in his 30s now. You know, Brown could be one for the future. You know, you're not going to look at him in a redraft league. Obviously, you know, he's, he's, but dynasty relevant, possibly, if he's there sort of later on. Linebackers, it's going to be pretty quick, this one, because it's slim pickings here. But again, not a real shock, like we've touched on before. Uh, the Rams are indicative of a number of teams now that are really just playing the majority of snaps with one orthodox linebacker. Um, so based on last season stats, the obvious choice would be you know, Troy Reader. Um, 148 and a half fantasy points, uh, 48 solo, 28 assisted tackles, three sacks, decent linebacker pick around sort of LB56. However, the one I really want to focus on is Micah Kaiser. Now, 111 fantasy points, okay. Nothing to get too excited about. Averaged over well over 12 fantasy points a game um, against Troy Readers, you know, just over nine. But that was just over nine games. Um, he picked up an injury, knee injury in November, um, which cut short the season. Why am I highlighting Kaiser? Well, boys and girls, I'm going to use the C word again. Uh, yep, it's contract season. Um, and given the way the Rams line up, there is, as Nathan and I were discussing the other day, there's a huge incentive for Micah uh, to step up, not just to get paid, but he could really look to establish himself as that that primary linebacker. Um, he's also going to have the added incentive, if you want to look at that way, of the Rams drafting Ernest Jones, third round. I don't think he's going to be a major threat to Kaiser at the moment, but um, you know, both him and and to some degree Reader are going to be conscious of him in the background. So yeah, I think he's you know he, he's he could be an interesting one this season. Jumping on to the secondary, great secondary last year. However, Cleveland have ripped into that a little bit, <laughs> picking up um, John uh, John Johnson at safety and cornerback Troy Hill. Now the departure of Johnson could arguably open the door for the likes of Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp. Uh, for me, Fuller would be the pick of the two, but the main focus has to be at cornerback. Um, so I'm going to jump in and address the elephant in the room, uh, Mr. Jalen Ramsey. There's no doubt in the guy's talent. Everyone loves him. Everyone raves about him. The guy's a superstar um, in most of the pundits' eyes. And clearly the Rams think so. You know, after all, they, they made him the highest paid cornerback in the league last year. Problem is we're here to talk about fantasy. And looking at Ramsey, you know, he does consistently target the key offensive playmakers. So, you know, on the opposition. So straight away, the quarterback is going to be looking to put that ball where Ramsey isn't. You know, he's going to target those key wide outs. And, and which the problem is, you know, he's a great play stopping corner, but doesn't really make him fantasy relevant. You look at the 105 fantasy points he, he picked up last season, you go, there doesn't just great player, but I just don't see the, the fantasy value there. So the one to watch at corner for me would be Darius Williams, 138 fantasy points, 42 tackles, four picks last season. 
Um, so he had a decent 2020. Aside from the Ramsey factor, and by that I mean he's arguably likely to see more of the ball because, as I've said, you know, the offence are going to try and put it where Ramsey isn't, um, keep him away from it. But again, the interest comes once more from a contract situation. Now, Williams comes into 21 as a restricted free agent, uh, which in real world NFL, that's a, a bit of a complicated one. But the beauty of fantasy is we don't really need to get involved in that. The fact is... Um, you know, it, it is quite simple in fantasy. Williams is going to be playing to impress someone. Now, are the Rams going to dig deep enough to keep him on top of the five-year, 100 million contract they've just given Ramsey? No, probably not, but you don't know. Um, but it doesn't really matter because, as I say, he's, there's going to be interest in Williams. He's a good player. So, you know, whether the Rams go for him, uh, there's going to be interest outside of LA. Um, and, and he knows it. Williams knows it. So, um you know, for me, I'd be looking at him um, over Ramsey because I just feel he's much more fancy relevant. Summing up the Rams uh, going into this season, top DL, Aaron Donald, no brainer. The top linebacker, because of the contract situation, I would say Michael Kaiser, definitely. Um, top DB, Darius Williams. And my outside pick, rookie Bobby Brown. So um... thanks for that, Bren. We're now going to go straight over to Mace with a review of the San Francisco 49ers. All right, man. San Francisco. I'll revert back to 2019 real quick just to say that that was probably peak of their defense. That front seven was just straight filthy. And that's really what Shanahan and um, the new defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, are going for. Uh, just to hit on the new defensive coordinator, he was assistant coach, I believe, underneath Sala, who's now the head coach of the Jets. Um, so he's coming in and he's aiming for a fast, attacking, aggressive defense. He wants DBs and linebackers that are super technical, know their job, and are willing to assist each other. And he wants people on the line that are fast, aggressive, violent, and just taking it to the quarterback and running backs and linemen. He's also very focused on more than football, life skills, things like that. So if you're looking for a new coach and maybe like you're trying to get a team to buy it on a system, that helps as well. So diving into 2020 last year, the top two linebackers leading in tackles were Fred Warner with 125 and Dre Greenlaw with 86. Uh, DB's Jimmy Ward, 73 tackles. Jason Verrett, who is now the starting cornerback. I mean, I guess he kind of was last year, but he's really moving into that starting role. Uh, 70, I'm sorry, 60 tackles. The main defensive lineman in tackles, Eric Armstead with 49 and Kerry Hyder Jr., who is not on the team anymore. He had 49 as well. Sack leaders, Kerry Hyder Jr., 8.5. So it's eight and a half sacks that have now vacated the team. And I'll kind of hit into that uh, later on in my players. And Armstead, 3.5. Fred Warner and Greenlaw had one apiece. The whole, the matchup of the stats, I guess, last year really do kind of match up to D'Amico Ryan's mindset of what he wants this defense to be. So I kind of went in opposite format. Sorry, I went uh, DB first. So I kind of touched on it before Jimmy Ward. Uh, 2019, he had 989 total snaps. 2020, 851. Uh, let's see, 18 of those in 2020 were pass rush, 342 run defense, and 491 in coverage. Out of this 491 in coverage, he was targeted 40, 45 times, I'm sorry, with a 73% completion rate and no interceptions. Five pressures that resulted in four hurries and one hit. He plays strong safety and free safety. That's probably dependent just based on the injuries and how they have to stay fluent like water on the 49ers unfortunately um however he does line up on the line sometimes i 
believe it was 30 times last year. He had 204 in the box, but out of all of those, they're all outside of the uh, offensive tackles. So what you're really getting here is that that hybrid kind of guy. Um, I wouldn't have him in anything other than Dynasty or maybe streaming, though. Last year, he had 93 points in tackles for this IDP plus, obviously. Uh, 149 total points, sorry. 93 of those were from tackle, 25 assists, and 15 points from pass deflection. So it's kind of looking at an overview of just his top three. Uh, moving on to, I put him down as outside linebacker, but it kind of looks like the Niners are going to be playing more defensive end, and then he'll probably stream on some outside linebacker. And that's uh, Samson Ibukan. I hope I said that right. Yeah. Ibukan. Uh, he's a NFC West rider. He's been on the, um, God, it's slipping my mind right now. The Rams, the team you just talked about. He's on there for a couple of years. Uh, 2018 was his most snapped year where he played 793 snaps. He had um, 33 pressures, three sacks, and 27 hurries. In 2020, he played just about half of those snaps, and he had 20 pressures, five sacks, and 12 hurries. So I think it's more of a matter of where he's at and how he's used. The Niners also have D4 that they have in that role, and there has been bleak people coming out saying that he's looking better, feeling better. If I'm the Niners, I'm not touching that man until week one, and I'm putting him in on third down to create havoc because that's when Bosa's at his best. Uh, we have other linemen that I'll get into in a minute, but uh, guys like Bosa on the outside, then you have to worry about Warner. Uh, Greenlaw somewhat, but mainly if they can create havoc, Samson will be the, that man that's kind of left out that no one really is too worried about. And with those 8.5 sacks that are vacated from Kerry Hyder, that's just, that could be straight production for Samson and someone that's completely under the radar. So just wait a week, see how it goes, see how they're playing him and then maybe jump on it. Um, his cap in the last couple of years, I've seen anywhere from four to six tackles is kind of where you're seeing his hide at. Uh, anywhere from one to three is probably around normal. Um, he had a special teams punt on, sorry, on special teams punt last year against Seattle. He had a forced fumble. So he's really heads up player, very smart, very aggressive. Like I said, um, he had in 2019, 137 points, according to IDP plus 2018, 131. So not too bad. If you're looking at a defensive end, uh, someone that gets up there, he's just freshly signed on a two year deal, 12 million. And he's got a lot to prove. I was looking at his interview. He's strong, silent type. I mean, you can tell he's, he's kind of high, but uh, I think he's really good friends with Kendrick Bourne. So he's kind of, he put yeah, he kind of put him on there, had a conversation and Bourne was like, wow, bro, the second you leave or the second you come here, I'm leaving. Like what the heck? <laughs> um, yeah. So Another linebacker, obviously Fred Warner, freshly signed, but that's just kind of like the easy way out. So let's just, you know, Fred Warner, of course, put him on your dynasty team, put him on your redraft if you kind of miss out in those first couple of rounds. The last lineman, or sorry, the last person I will talk about is a lineman uh, on a second year of rookie deal, six foot six, 310. And this man catches squirrels with his mouth in preparation for Kyler Murray, Javon Kinlaw. This man is a straight beast. 547 total snaps, 205 in run defense, 341 in pass defense, and one coverage that no one dared to try him on. I'm just kidding. 33 tackles solo, 1.5 sacks, 19 pressures, 14 hurries, and he had a pick six against Jared Goff last year. Uh, Eric Armstead just kind of puts his nose down and does what he does. I feel like Javon Kinlaw really can break past the mold, and uh, yeah, this is going to be a big year for him, I think. I got Javon Kinlaw, DL, uh, Samson, I guess, kind of as a tweener, defensive end and outside linebacker, depending on your league, and then Jimmy Ward at DB and uh, you could also play Kwan Williams he plays a uh, slot a lot for the Niners so that'd be pretty good at DB if you really have to Dre Greenlaw and then um, I'm actually really excited to see Maurice Hurst the former first round pick from Oakland he was released and the Niners picked him up to kind of get him in the rotation DJ Jones as well um, starting for the Niners so brilliant Arizona so in 2021 we're looking at the 
Arizona Cardinals to set set up with like a four two five nickel approach. Expect Fotu and Phillips to to be the interior linemen. That's how I expect it to look. But JJ JJ Watt to be on one edge, and then hopefully Chandler Jones to be on the other edge. But after this week, uh, we've all witnessed the uh, the the demand for trade. Whether it's whether there's any truth in it as such, we're, we're going to wait and see. Um, but this could just be a push. You know, push for a bit more, bit more money. But if he was to go there, I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that have already been talked about. Ravens being one, we know they're they're looking to add to their pass rush. The Giants have also been thrown into the mix, um, and a few others. I at edge, I am going to put, I'm going to pick Chandler Jones against JJ Watt, just because mainly because of his 2019 numbers. However, it doesn't really matter which one you're going to go for if if. If you if you if you're looking at picking up an edge, I mean this is this 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 team's all about the pass rush this season. It's going to be they're going to be they are going to be after the quarterback. That is exactly that is complete their game plan. They're going to be looking to put pressure on the QB, and then um and then then it's all then it's going to be all about the secondary trying to pick up interceptions. We're already seeing Jones slide. Um, in very in recent draft that I did, I can't, he was he was rounded by fifth sixth round as an edge of that kind of quality and those kind of points that he's picked up. I know he didn't play last season. Season, um, but it's a bicep injury. I would still be picking. I'd be still picking up somebody like him. I'd still be picking up people like JJ Watt. I'd even have a punt on people like Zach, Zach Allen. To be fair, Marcus Golden's due to be back this season. Also, another decent outside linebacker. So again, he he's in the mix. Really, what I want to talk about more than anything is I want to talk about these these linebackers. I, I learned a lot a lot of lessons last year. Uh, getting too overexcited with a rookie linebacker. I was all in on Isaiah Simmons. Not that I got burnt, because I don't think you should ever get burnt off a rookie linebacker because you shouldn't be you shouldn't be all in. That's that's the lesson that I learned. And especially you shouldn't be all in on anybody once you hear the phrase Swiss Army knife, right? You need to red flag any any of that, any of that talk. Swiss Army knife, it is a jack of all trade. And then you worry about that master of none, you know, and that is the worry with Isaiah Simmons. He can do everything. I watched him a lot coming out of college. I watched obviously the 2020 draft. He, he was, he was the kid that everybody was talking about. Whether he didn't, I don't know. I don't know. There, there was, there was one player. I think it was against the Seahawks. I can't remember which player it was. Uh, he got absolutely out of position and he got out. He got burnt and he didn't really play in the same position, same amount of snaps again. They kind of used him as a like a rusher, really. Um, not anywhere near the middle linebacker spot, nowhere near the mic. And and it was it was it was tough to see last year. However, this year it's now all go. Wow, that's what we're hearing anyway. That the fact that Isaiah Simmons, Zavin Collins are gonna take those middle linebacker slots, those inside linebacker slots, I should say. Jordan Hicks racked up an absolute staggering amount of points in 2019. He was the linebacker two in 2019. He was the linebacker 20 in 2020. A lot of people sort of kind of forget this um, or might be missing the fact that, you know, there's serious points to be had there in what whoever seems to take these, whoever's going to take those roles. Now, is it going to be Zavon Collins? Is it going to be Isaiah Simmons? We're not sure yet. I mean, these guys, they're like 6'4", both of them, long linebackers, both can fly all over the field. But Isaiah Simmons is a different caliber. For me, he's a different athlete. What I saw of him was a guy that could do it all. You know, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't a decent kicker. Put it that, put it that way. You know, the, the, that kid, that kid, he's one of those players that seems to have it all. 
Now it's just a case of how they're going to use him, how they're going to nail down that position. The only issue is, is he is really well known and he is, there's going to be a lot of people that are high on him that have got the same opinion as me and others. You really want to see him do well. So you could be drafting him possibly too high and maybe Zavin Collins could be the one that is the better picker slightly later on. However, obviously we haven't we haven't seen him grace the field in the NFL yet. So you know you you still got to be cautious, like I wasn't last year with Isaiah Simmons. So yeah, when I'm talking linebacker, I'm going to be I'm going to be targeting Isaiah Simmons. So secondary, well, there's only one real man in this secondary, and that for me anyway, and that is Buddha Baker. He is a gold star safety. You know, you're talking, you're talking the top, you know, there or thereabouts, the top point scorer in the last few seasons. You know, he's right up there. There's not really too much else around him. Jalen Thompson's decent. Cornerbacks with this year, it's going to be Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy. They're, they're, they're a little bit, I, for me, they're a little bit weak at corner. I like Byron Murphy. I think he's decent. Malcolm Butler's been around the block and he knows what he's doing. So so for me, yeah, for me, I'd be going, as I said, Chandler Jones as my edge rusher, Zai Simmons linebacker, safety or DB, uh, but a baker. Um outside pick, I you got you've got to look at Zavin Collins. You've got to look at him. He's not even an outside pick. I think he's he's a nailed-on pick. If you're picking four people that you should be drafting or should be really paying some attention to, the only question mark is the Chandler Jones thing. You need to keep an eye on on that contract side of things and exactly what he's doing regarding whether he's going to try. I don't I don't know. I think I think this is a 31 years old. He, he, this is where he's got a little bit of leverage. He's going to see where where what's he's what's around. He's going to try and push Arizona to give it to pay him. They're gonna they're gonna probably push back on it because um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make sure he's fit for a start. That's what they're gonna do. I, I would be shocked if they pay him, especially when they've 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 got JJ Watt there. Yeah. So that that kind of sums up the Arizona Cardinals. So. Has anybody got any thoughts on what we've covered so far or any any views on 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 the teams that you you weren't actually covering? Because that's one thing we haven't we haven't we haven't asked about. Because obviously, Mace, this is your league, isn't it? This is this is where you you're spending time looking at these guys week in week out and and destroying them. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I got one. Well, the thing about doing this is that I just started doing projections for offensive fantasy, so I'm sitting here trying to run through all the teams and looking at the defense of the Niners the past couple of days. Um, I've just been completely unprepared, man. Like I've been focusing so much on other things. There's so much to take in the fantasy spectrum. But one thing I did notice um, when you were talking about the Cardinals is that Buda Baker, he's on one side of the safety position. The other safety position is between Charles Washington and Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson started a couple of games last year and didn't do too bad. I was just looking kind of at his stats, but I would just be curious to see if uh, maybe one of those guys steps up and can be a staple if those linebackers end up paying off Chandler Jones stays. I mean, obviously this best case scenario and you just have that, that freak talent where maybe one of those guys uh, can take that job by the reins, step up and really put their stamp on it. And it's not going to help having, I mean, not going to hurt having Buda Baker right next to him. So anybody else got any views on Arizona? Well, I mean, you and I'd sort of, you know, we had a, a bit of a chat sort of prepping for the pod the other day. And um, I think that I think what we struggled with was they could be a phenomenal defense next season if it all clicks. That was the problem. Like you've touched on, there's a lot of ifs, buts, you know, what if, what happens with Jones, does Simmons step up, you know, 
you know, mm. will he slot into a, a designated role and really sort of perform? I mean, our projections show Simmons having a, you know, a, a good season next year, but um, like you say, if he, he really needs to find that niche, doesn't he? He's, he's yeah. rather than sort of flying around trying to do a bit of everything. Um, so, yeah, it was. Um, so I, I think that would be our only concern with with Arizona. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure what Mace thinks about it, but it's, it, if all those pieces fit together, then yeah, I mean they could have a they could have a hell of a season. Well, it kind of comes down to what you're saying, right? Like he maybe didn't look comfortable, maybe didn't feel comfortable, maybe he needs that second presence. So. Instead of having a veteran come in, like they had a guy like uh, Rennick, not that I mean, he was more outside, go, rushing in really fast and stuff, but uh, maybe get another young guy that you compare him with. I mean, not to compare to like, you know, Patrick Willis and Bowman, but maybe if you have that mindset, you can create that, that tandem and just kind of have them run crazy and have them start their careers together and just see what they do. Yeah. And, and, and like you say, I mean, if they're going to put, I mean, Teams, I think, going at Arizona are going to look at, you know, they are sack heavy. They they do play that that pass rush, and that's just, you know, that's ingrained in that defense. I think, you know, you don't have to be a, you know, a genius to figure that out. But teams are aware of that now. If they can negate that, if they can bypass that and get into the secondary, you know, have, are they going to be able to sort of piece it together and, and sort of deal with that? Um, so yeah, it's, but it is that it's that big if, isn't it? And trying to make projections from a, you know, from a fantasy perspective going into the season, you go, I mean, that's an awful word. You know, we're sitting there going, could be great, but they might yeah. be great if, mm. you know, and it's mm. like, okay, um, you know, where does that really put them? And do you really want to go in on some of these players when you don't really know how that defense is going to line up? And yeah, so um but uh, yeah, but you know you've covered it. I mean, there's definitely some value there. So you know these these guys aren't going to become bad players just because a few people don't slot in where they should. It, yeah, all the rest of it. So I think yeah, I, I think fantasy wise, I think you probably actually you've actually probably got a bit more certainty about it. You know, they will pick up points. Hmm. Whether they'll oh, yeah, click, yeah. whether they'll click as an NFL team and whether whether where they're going to finish in that division. I mean, shit. I mean, this. Well, we'll we'll cover we'll cover off where we think these teams are going to land. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, Mason as an Niners fan's got to love that because you know if a few of those players click and rack up some fantasy points, but they're shit in the division, you know, happy days. Win win. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, I think it's going to come down. Just speaking about the Cardinals, you said they're young and just kind of piece together on the fly. Um, If they're reading their keys. I mean, the Niners do have Jimmy G right now, but they just went and spent three first round picks on Trey Lance, who is RPO. You know what I mean? Then you got Russell Wilson, who's the master of doing everything that is being a quarterback. And then Matthew Stafford, who is literally probably one of the best pocket passers in the league. So, I mean, they're not going to have a lot of picks. The Rams also have Bobby Trees. Every offense is very dynamic in its own way. And they have a lot of weapons that can make a defense like the Cardinals look very, very silly. Yeah, tough tough division. Absolutely. So, Brent, that leaves you. Okay. Okay. So Seattle. Uh, yeah. Okay. Tricky defense to analyze. To be fair, let's look at 2020. On the plus side, very tough defense to rush on. On the minus side, arguably one of the worst passing defenses of recent years. So it really is. You know, it's it's a real mixed bag. Um, however, what was effectively you know very much a mid-table defense. You know, they weren't terrible. They weren't great. But there are definitely, definitely players to look at from a fantasy perspective. So uh, if we dive in at the D-line now, 
a bit like Green Bay, again, we've, we've talked about this, you know, we, we're obviously talking to established fantasy players, um, but again, we're talking to, you know, people that may, may be a bit new to the game. And we've covered, I covered this the other week, um, you know, with a few other teams. With Seattle, that line between, I was, I was going to sort of start the D-line with KJ right now. Technically, you could look at him as an edge player. With Seattle, that line between, you know, edge and, and sort of OLB is a bit blurred. So uh, we've got him listed as linebacker. So I'm going to circle back round to, to KJ Wright. So who else on the D-line? Uh, we had Jaron Reed, uh, who was a best-performing DL last season. And despite Seattle offering him an, an improved contract worth over $8 million per year, Reed wanted a, a longer-term deal. Um, so he went out on free agency and he's been quickly snapped up by Kansas City. Now the Chiefs are going to pair him up with all pro tackle Chris Jones. So this is great. You know, as anyone who's not a Chiefs fan, that's just what we want to see. The Chiefs getting stronger. So who've got left from last season? We got Benson Mayoa, 113 and a half fantasy points, only played 13 games. Um, you know, but the thing is, when you look at the D line, especially with with Reed going, um, it's very mediocre. This would all sort of point towards you know why they they brought um, Carlos Dunlap in um, partway through the season. Now look at his fantasy points, hundred and fourteen. Um, nothing to get excited about. However, bear in mind he joined halfway through the season, and he did really inject a bit of life into that pass rush. Um, he racked up five sacks towards the end of the season, and two of those closed out winning games for the Seahawks. So he really did come in and, and make an impact. I would expect him to be the main threat this season for, for the Seahawks at D-line. You know, his fantasy points, you know, they weren't that special. Um, and for that reason, a lot of people might, and he's 32 as well, so he might sort of slip under the radar, but he, he's going to be the obvious choice at, at D-line. Um, but again, you know, the, the D-line at Seattle, from a fantasy perspective, I'm not getting too excited about it. Um more interestingly, looking at the linebackers. So straight in, Bobby Wagner, 250 fantasy points, gone off LB13, averaged over 15 points a game in fantasy, 79 solos, 57 assists, three sacks. Our projection showing probably going again, similar sort of figures next season. However, not too far behind him, and I've mentioned him um, in the DL, is KJ Wright. Now, you look at his figures, 219 fantasy points, five, well, 15. I mean, basically, it, his fantasy points are not a million miles away from Bobby Wagner. 60 solo sack tackles, 26 assists, two sacks, one pick. And then when you factor in the fact that Wright played two games less than Bobby Wagner, those stats then start to make for some interesting reading. Wagner's the main man. He's going to be popular. He's going to be off the board early. So if KJ Wright's there, then, you know, I think there's some real value there. Finally, on the line back, Jordan Brooks. He's going to be my one to watch. Um, I would expect to see a bit more from the guy this season. He had a tough rookie season. He only had 400 snaps last season. Um, he was hampered by a bit of a knee injury. All the reports suggest that he's he's over that. He's fit again. And again, with Wagner and Wright, both the wrong side of 30, I definitely expect to see an improvement on his current sort of LB99 position. You know, good dynasty pickup. Again, you're not going to be looking at him in redraft. And then moving on to the secondary. Yeah, simple one. This uh, Jamal Adams. It's uh, now Nate's already touched on. Never, you know. Never. No, I, I, most people haven't. To be fair, I think I think Jamal Adams will definitely slip under most people's radar. I mean, <laughs> I would imagine you can pick it up, you know, pretty late on in most drafts. To be fair, so uh, no, I mean Nate's already touched on on sort of you know Buda Baker and you know top DB and all the rest of it. Jamal Adams following his big money move from the Jets. 
228 fantasy points, 19 average points a game, 57 solo tackles, 24 assists, nine and a half sacks. And that was off 12 games. So, you know, you've really got to let that sink in a little bit and go, yeah, okay. So that's why we've got him going off DB1. However, a bit like a linebacker, if you look a little bit further, DJ Reed at corner. He's currently going off around about DB55. He's only 24, 126 fantasy points. Average 12.6 points a game, 59 tackles, two picks. And that was off 10 games. So now you're starting to look at a mediocre defense, but, you know, there's definitely some value players there. Um, and, you know, a few that most people with the Wagners and the Jamal Adams, yeah, they, they might slip through the net. So, yeah, it, it is, you know, that position is very similar to sort of the Wagner thing. You know, elsewhere in the secondary, Quandre Diggs safety. 145 fantasy points, yeah, DB62, 64 tackles, five picks. A solid season, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking on Nath wrinkling his nose on Zoom and, <laughs> and we're both thinking the same thing. It's, mm. This guy went to the Pro Bowl with those sort of numbers and you go, you know, were they were they really that short of safety? You know, I'm, I'm sure there were better players out there. Um, so... Um, so, yeah, I mean, the value is going to be in the corners for me, uh, definitely in Seattle. So to sum up, I know we're supposed to pick one player. I'm going to cheat a bit here and, and you know, I'll probably get told off for it. Uh, the DLZ, easy, really, you know, Carlos Dunlap. Um, the really, unless they're going to make some moves, you know, prior to, to the start of the season, um, it, it's either him or nothing. Um, personally, I'd, I'd avoid Seattle's D-line. Top linebacker, yes, Bobby Wagner, but I do like KJ Wright. Um, you know, the, the figures would suggest that he's, he's he could be there or thereabouts again this season. He's going to play second fiddle, fiddle to Wadner, but that's that's just but all the more reason to look at him. Um, again, DB, Jamal Adams, no-brainer. But again, I'm going to cheat. I do like D, DJ Reed. You know, I think he's, you know, he, he, he's going to be, um, again, good value from a fantasy perspective. And that's why I pick uh, Jordan Brooks at linebacker. Um, I would suspect he's going to have a decent second season. Um, so again, with with some of the you know the players and the ages there, I think Seattle's front office are going to look at him sort of stepping up, being far more involved this season. Um, so uh, so yeah, that's um, that pretty much wraps up. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've I think you've pretty much covered it. Um, any anything to add there, Mace? Um, I'm just excited to see Army. Well, I guess the Seahawks picked this guy up out of the Army. Um, John Radigan, I think he's a tackling machine. You got to pick six. I'm excited to see if he makes the, uh, the rotation. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, you got, you got it on the head. Um, Kerry Hyder, X Niner is on the Seahawks line though. So maybe if they can get him and Dunlap moving together, that might be something, but Kerry Hyder could have just been a product of, uh, the Niners D line and him just eating off of that. So I'm excited to see him as well. Yeah. 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 yeah it's an so. inch. It'd be an interesting season with the Seahawks to see whether, you know, whether they let Russ cook again or whether they don't and what, what that brings. I mean, I think the Jamal Adams, I mean, how wonderful he is and he is wonderful, but I mean, seriously, I mean, there, there's to be burnt it's secondary as much. They got burnt last season, especially early on in the season was quite incredible to see. Uh, and I, I would, I would expect um, them to try and tr- try and rectify that this season. Yeah, what, Definitely. Anyway, right. So let's go. Let's go on. Right. So just before we before we wrap this completely up, let's let's cover quickly 
Mason's gonna love this. The top D, the top defenses in this oh, league. Let's no, write. We, let's we, rank. We, we, let's rank we really four. struggled with this the other day. So. I don't even know what it's... I said. So me, <clears throat> me and Bren have already talked about this. Are trying to rank these defenses, and it, it is difficult. It is it is very difficult. Our divisions. I mean, we've done the NFC East. That was quite easy to be fair compared to this. So like. Let's go for it then. So, so let's go. Let's go with Mace first because this is Mace's division. His team is in this division. So let's let's do it. Go on, then, Mace. Let's pick pick your number one D in this one. If you if you were picking the D, usually just because of their front seven. If D Ford plays, they could be a top five. I don't think they'll be number one overall, but I think that they're better set for success than the other three. Not saying the other three aren't set up for success, but Homer pick 49ers. Okay, then. Who's second? Uh, after yeah, after that, it was a toss-up, but I'm gonna go with the Rams. Uh, I like what they have, and then they got you know the god Aaron Donald. So uh, next, the Cardinals, and then after that, Seattle, just because of the uncertainty. And uh, Seattle's secondary, Desir, Witherspoon, rookie Trey Brown. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds stinky. Probably wrong, but yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 with you pretty much. Not far off. I got the Rams just slightly. I mean, I'm just taking it mainly off last year. The problem is, is the secondary in the Rams because it's de- not depleted. It's just different from last season. Well, we, I mean, we both agree Johnson was going to be that was a, that's going to be a miss. John Johnson is 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 like a senior captain. You know, he's got he's got a serious a serious experience in that back in that secondary. So and I can't, I can't believe that that's happened. Really, I think the Browns are going to be. I mean, that's that's fright. We haven't got to that division yet, so let's not talk about it too much. But I'm just saying that that could be frightening, considering that that you know add the secondary to the D line, and you go, oh, hello, what's going on there? But go on then, Bren. What are you picking? I am sort of leaning towards the Rams. Just um, you know, I know we touched on the dents that have been put in the the secondary, but um, so I, I go Rams just over the Niners. But like we talked about, I mean, Nathan and I were a bit lazy the other week with regards, you know, the Niners because we thought, oh, it's fine. We got Mace coming on the old deals. We'll do all that. So we went right, okay, Forty uh, ers Fred Warner, big contract done. Um, you know, we didn't really sort of look at it. And then Mace has come on and he's, well, they're going to set up like this and the front of office is going to do that. And they're going to be, you know, and all of a sudden you start looking at it, you go, yeah, that's not, you look at some of the players and you go, you start to look at them as, as more of a unit. So we, I suppose I'm stepping away a little bit from the fantasy side of things. I mean, Mason's touched on, you know, a lot of good value players there, definitely. Um, so with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to go Rams just. I'm going to go Niners. And then I'm struggling to split. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to use that word we've touched on. I'm going to go if, if everything sort of clicks into place for Arizona, then yes, I, I would say I would take them over Seattle simply because, if, yeah, that, that secondary is a, a concern. Um, you know, one great player there and then you go, yeah, okay. So, um, so yeah, so I got Rams, Niners, Arizona, and and Seattle, but not much in it. Tough division. Very tough division. Very tough division. So I think what we got left, we've got we've done East West. 
and North. So we have the NFC South. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's going to be an interesting one. We're not going to get Murph on. Um, but let, let's... Uh... <laughs> be a Tampa Bay episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear me. It'd just be, just be pure Tampa. Pure Tampa. Just That's right. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm happy to talk about Brady now. He's, he's, you know, <laughs> he's, he, he, NFC. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And he won me some money. He won me some money in the, you know, the, the Super Bowl. So yeah, no problem with that. Well, it's been absolute blast tonight. Um, well, today for Mason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great having you on, Mace. Um, Brendan, as always. But Mace. Thanks very much for coming on, man. Um, and I'm, no, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. So, guys, we're going to be back. We're going to be back next week with the NFC South, and um, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on. FFCC is drafting. If you're not involved in that, well, you should be, um, and you should be making donations, and you should be getting involved in more and more fantasy and more and more fantasy charity leagues obviously i want you to get involved in itp but if you don't then at least get involved in some of the charity stuff because it's it's for a good cause we're having a good time doing it and um yeah it's all good so guys we'll see you next week keep rushing see you soon live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.